This is the Pro Hockey West Report, brought to you by Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson, Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finlay Toyota in Las Vegas. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Find out how to go full Caesar. Visit Caesars.com for eligibility requirements. FedEx. Simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official shipping company of Ice Time Hockey West. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Visit us at jessieraysbarbecue.com. T-Mobile, mobile.com, and see how you can lock in your rates forever. Jets Pizza, with six different crusts and countless toppings, let your imagination go wild. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. Welcome in, hockey fans, professional hockey fans in the western half of the United States, in the Pacific Division of the American Hockey League, and the Pacific Division of the NHL. This is the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Palm Springs, California, the home of the Coachella Valley Firebirds, and my co-host, as always, from that vibrant championship city, the home of the National Hockey League Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, and the Henderson Silver Knights, just down the street. Stephen Marsh. Stephen, how are you this Thursday night? I Well, I love the sound of that, home of the NHL Stanley Cup champion, Golden Knights. That's, that's a good ring to it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and, and, you're, and they're and on you're... their path for another one, the way it looks, <laughs> where they keep winning, winning, winning. Yep. Don't make me start singing. Uh, that would be no, bad. no, we we don't need that. We don't need that. <laughs> we don't need that. Anyway, well, you you could be uh, like you could be like Rob Gronkowski, who's going to sing the national anthem this Saturday at SoFi Stadium at the uh, L.A. Bowl, hosted by Gronk. So, uh, <laughs> oh, nice plug for SoFi, by the way, too. They appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the sure you'll have a. I'm sure you'll have. I'm sure you'll have a. I'm sure you'll have a little word about them in a little bit, but uh, yeah. Seven six zero eight zero one eight zero six. So get the twenty five bucks. There you go. There All right. How are, yeah, things? But, how are things? How are things oh. in Las Vegas, Nevada, on this Thursday night? Oh, we're 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 doing well. I guess I should mute the TV there so we don't hear that in the background. Yeah, it's uh it's going uh going well. Uh, as you said, the Golden Knights are doing very well. The Henderson Silver Knights, uh, after kind of going through some s- struggles recently, have got a couple wins in a row, including a win last night in Ontario. So that was great. And uh, yeah, and the weather is uh you couldn't ask for. Much better weather. It's been in the the sixties or low. 60s. Is it nearly Christmas and it's in the the temperatures are this warm? Uh, I was watching King Tides roll in the other day at Carlsbad, and it was uh, about me seventy five. Well, when, the when is there ever a bad day? And uh, there never at. is. There never <laughs> is. Never is. Anyway. <laughs> Except I think last year, I think last winter there was some snow in San Diego. Uh, which no, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> We don't want to snow. There was some snow in Vegas too, by the way. Yeah, there was, yes, there was. And then, <laughs> okay. in, and then in July it was it was it was an afterthought when it was 110 degrees outside. Oh, <laughs> uh, so many things to talk about tonight, uh, American Hockey League wise, NHL wise. But we're going to start off the first half of the show. This is what I had hoped that the Pro Hockey West report would be, um, where we cover a game or two and 
and get some sounds from the players. And boy, last night did not disappoint, Stephen, in, uh, in Coachella Valley at the beautiful Akashur Arena as uh, the, Gold, uh, the Golden Knights, <laughs> the Firebirds, uh, win in overtime 4-3 over Abbotsford. Um, a really tight hockey game, back and forth, back and forth, till the, uh, the last two minutes of the game. Uh, it was tied at three. It appeared overtime was on the horizon, and a ridiculous penalty uh, was taken, uh, just a retaliatory penalty. I'm not even going to the players involved, but the stick went up, literally almost took the eye out of the uh, Coachella Valley player. Very serious um, penalty infraction, and that was with like a minute 28 left in the game in regulation, tied at three. So they get a major penalty uh, called on Abbotsford, a minor penalty called on uh, one of the players from uh, Coachella Valley, sent him to the box the first time in my life, and I and you'll hear it in some of the interviews. I asked Dan Bilesma, uh, I asked players, have you ever seen a, a five-minute major turn into a three-minute penalty on the board and carry over, of course, three-on-three three is the overtime procedure in, uh, in hockey now. And uh, it carried over, so it started as a four-on-three. Abbotsford took another penalty, like in the first minute of overtime, made it a five-on-three. And uh, Coachella Valley and uh, Andrew Portaleski made them pay and a 4-3 victory. So um, great song, but let me ask you that. Have you ever seen a three-minute penalty put up on a board? Yeah, I know. When we were talking about this last night, you, I, I, I think I have seen that. I don't. It's it is kind of a weird it is kind of a weird instance, but uh, I think I have I think I have seen that before where where the it's just like one one person got more penalty time than than the other. I've also seen I think a seven minute uh, power play too at one point or another uh, in the AHL. So uh, okay, now I can see, see that because that can be a five minute major and a two minute minor, but I've never seen three minutes put up because it would be either a five minute major. And then a two-minute minor on the other team, which would result in three minutes. Right. Well, not that. But yeah. But my understanding is because it was rolling over into overtime, and the overtime rules say three on three and four on three is the power play, they had to uh, kind of break it down that way or, or whatever. But then for Abbotsford to take a penalty, a second penalty in the overtime, and actually make it a five on three. Um, well, you'll hear, uh, I had a chance to visit with coach Bilesma, <clears throat> Andrew Portolowski, um, Jack LaFontaine makes his first start, uh, for the uh, Firebirds and, uh, had some, had some interesting things to say, uh, about the crowd at, uh, Coachella Valley. Were, were there, were there a chance of another four letter J name, uh, in the building? Yeah. No, it's not Joey. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, Yep, he he tried to tell me that he didn't hear it. I said, uh, "Go watch the replay; you'll hear it." Is it like a requirement <laughs> that goaltenders' first names now have to have a J, start with J, and be four letters? At Coachella Valley, I believe Coachella it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, let's listen to uh, some comments from the players, and I'll get your thoughts on uh, on what you hear from them because I thought it was really interesting. All of uh, all three of the players, uh, Andrew Portoloski, who were here first, Max McCormick, and uh, Jack LaFontaine. Uh, all had some really interesting things to say. And then, of course, Dan Bilesma, uh, always the quote waiting to happen. And uh, he rambled on for nearly nine and a half minutes. So <laughs> we'll hear from the coach, too, 
in just a minute. But here's Andrew Podolarski, uh, the two-time uh, AHL scoring champion. Here we go. He had two goals, by the way, and the game winner. Andrew, just talk a little bit about uh, the ending of this one. Obviously, a game-winning goal, but um, you uh, ever seen one quite like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the power play was kind of a struggle for us all night. And, you know, they were frustrating us a lot, the credit to their kill. and uh, Nothing's really come easy to us at home all year long. And kind of the same thing that happened there in that power play at the end. But, you know, we stuck with it. We knew it wasn't going to be easy. And ultimately got the job done and got a win at home. So uh, hopefully we can build off of that. What does that say about um, the building off of that? Does it feel different in the locker room tonight already? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've had, we've had uh, good success on the road, and uh, for whatever reason, it hasn't uh, come through at home. But, uh, you know, to get the win tonight was definitely huge, and uh, we just got to keep building off that, roll with the confidence, and keep going into the weekend. Some of the energy, I can't remember when the last home game was. It feels like it was a little while ago. Uh, it was an overtime loss uh, inversely. I do remember the energy in that game, the building and with the team. Definitely tell that there was an extra little spark. Since that again from the get tonight, I don't know, man. You pick up on that that there was, I don't want to say, any urgency to kind of come out fast at home. Uh, but uh, maybe immediacy is a little better word. Is that something that you sense as well? Yeah. I mean, we got the best fans in the league, and uh, we've kind of let them down at home here for the first little bit. And, uh, you know, we don't take that lightly, and we want to perform in front of them. They bring the energy every night. And, you know, they did all last year, and we, we had a lot of success last year at home. So, uh, you know, maybe we were pressing a little bit too hard at home or something. But, um, you know, we have a really good team in the locker room. All the guys care about each other. We always say we got each other's backs out there. Uh, you know, the fans got our backs, so we got to perform. And it's nice to get a win for them tonight. Uh, Jack LaFontaine, nice performance uh, tonight. It's some great saves, especially uh, early on, like within 10 seconds of the game starting. That's uh, scary moment. How would you assess his performance? And what, what do you think, uh, I don't know, his, his game is like? How would you describe his game? He's a gamer. Uh, former teammate with him in Chicago. Um, yeah, the first, I think, five, ten seconds of the game. <laughs> just an unbelievable save and no way to get thrown right into the fire like that and, you know, get comfortable, so... Uh, that was a massive save. You know, the game could have changed from that point on, but uh, credit to him. He stuck with it, played great, gave us a chance to win. And, uh, credit to him for stepping in. When there is a goalie making a debut like that for a team, do, do you guys on the offense, is that something you think about? Like, we need to, you know, make them feel comfortable getting that early goal, things like that? Or do you approach the game differently in any way? Like not so much. You know, we, we approach the game the same way. We want to be responsible every night in our own end and try to do that. But, you know, we want to play hard for him, too. You know, it's a big night for him to come in here, a huge opportunity for him. So, uh, you know, to to get a win for him is awesome. And credit to him. He, he kept us in that game all, all game long and made some huge saves right off the bat. So uh, definitely want to get a win for him in his first. And I'm uh, glad we got it done. Just the way overtime works with a three-on-three -three setup. Have you ever seen a five-on-three developed in overtime <laughs> in an AHL game before? I have to check the records. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't recall a five-on-three. No, usually uh, the whistles get put away when you already got one man advantage. But uh, you know, we're fortunate to draw one there and capitalize. Congratulations on the win. Thank you. Good. Thank you. That was Andrew Portaleski. Um, your thoughts, Stephen, on uh, what you heard from Andrew? 
Yeah, he, he wasn't sure about the five-on-three thing there in overtime either. I mean, uh, whether that is something that you see too often there, the, the way it, I guess the way it, I mean, we see it sometimes, but not, maybe the way it's. Uh, well, I think the way it materialized, and you just didn't expect a major penalty for the penalty that was called, right. um, which was a 100% penalty, was dangerous. And uh, Coach Bilesmo, you'll hear at the end, uh, said that uh, the player did have uh, a cut and did have some bruising, and they hope no structural damage. It was up near the eye. Um, so we'll we'll check into that as uh, the days go on here. But anyway, so uh, so that was Andrew Podoleski. And it, it, what's it interesting about the game, too, is you look at the penalty, now 15 minutes of, of the – it was to drys there at the end. He got the, the five, and then he got the match. So – um, but you look at the difference here. Abbotsford, 33 penalty minutes. Uh, Coachella Valley, eight penalty minutes. So you, I mean, basically uh, <laughs> quite a discrepancy. Now, Coachella Valley technically had 10 power plays uh, in the game. Abbotsford had two power plays, but each team did score a couple of times on the power plays. So, I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was, but, uh, a lot of power no plays. Doubt. Okay, let's hear from the captain, Max McCormick. Max, a big win at home. Um... What's more relief for you guys or for the fans? Uh, yeah, obviously we've struggled a little bit at home so far this year, so we talked about it coming in. Um, you know, we wanted to get a win for our fans here. Um, you know, we have such a great atmosphere, you know, such great support last year and this year. Uh, we always want to perform for them. And one thing in the AHL, it's always a new roster, it seems like, but the better you do the year before, the the different, more different the roster seems to get, but how is this team coming together, and uh, what would you say the locker room is like compared to last year? Yeah, obviously we have, uh, you know, a lot of new guys coming in, but, um, you know, we've really been playing for each other lately, um, having each other's backs out there, supporting each other, communicating, playing the right way, guys are blocking shots, finishing checks, so um, I think we got four lines that are, that are doing it right, and, you know, 60 back there that are, are doing a job, and, um, you know, everybody's doing their part, and uh, it's paying off. That power play, uh, when you look at it on paper, there's a lot of talent on the ice. Is it starting to come together now where you feel comfortable together? Yeah, I think it's nice to, um, you know, build chemistry with guys. You're, you're playing with guys for, you know, 20-plus games now, so um, it always helps. Get, you get more comfortable. You learn how, how guys play, their style, where they tend to be in the ozone and things like that. So um, it's nice to start building some chemistry. The other storylines. Tonight's game before the uh, wild finish was was the debut of Jack LaFontaine in goal. Um, how, did you, how did you assess his performance? Yeah, he played great for us all night. Made uh, a huge save uh, in the first period for us. First shift, actually. Uh, made several big saves throughout the game. Um, so he, he played awesome. And, you know, he's been doing a great job of practice, working hard. We knew he was going to step up. We were comfortable with him back there. And we knew, we knew he'd uh, get it done. As a captain, do you say anything to a guy that making his debut like that or have conversations about the game? No, not too much. I mean, he's a pro. He, he, uh, he knows what to do. Um, you know, you want to be uh, – it's more just chatting up, keeping it light, staying positive, um, and uh, just making sure he's feeling comfortable. I ask Andrew this too. I'll ask you. It's a lot of things have to happen for there to be a five-on-three advantage in an overtime. Uh, have you seen that before, or been involved in a situation like that in an HL game? Yeah. No, I don't think I've seen that. I didn't. I wasn't even sure what would happen on the second penalty. I was like, okay, so we get 
get another guy here or what's going on because I've never seen it before. But um, yeah, it was nice to be able to capitalize. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. There you go, Stephen. Uh, even even the captain didn't know uh, exactly <laughs> what the rules were uh, pertaining to that. Uh, it's strange. It's the great, it's the great mystery. It's, it's the great mystery of the of the night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, it was interesting that nobody really understood it. Uh, not the captain, not the the assistant captain, not the the head coach. I mean, you go down the list, nobody really knew what was happening. Uh, or why it was happening and uh, how it was going to be played out and all of that stuff. So, um, wow. That's what's great about the AHL. Huh? You, you sometimes will see some of these weird little things. Yeah, exactly. Okay. See that so, the NHL level, I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. I don't think they would have blown the whistle, but it was a clear penalty. I mean, they really yeah. couldn't look the other way. And um, you know what? Abbotsford paid the ultimate price for it in losing the hockey game. But, but they got a point out of the game, though. <clears throat> they did get a point, yep. And uh, they probably did deserve that up to that point. It looked like um, it may end up in a shootout, to be honest with you, until the, the, the penalty snafu, if you will, in the, in the end. But anyway, um, I just didn't I know about, earlier, about the struggles about the struggles that they've had at home this, this first part of the season. But uh, when last year they were – pretty good at home so it's a little bit different for them but obviously uh, getting... I, I think i think max hit it right in the head or, or andrew one of the two uh said it, we might be pressing a little bit too much at home uh they set such a high standard you saw that with vegas uh, first yeah. year right they set such a high standard that yeah. year two was hard to keep up with that and and the fan base thought that um you know in vegas they thought hey we're going to stanley cup final every year and yeah and the and fans the and thing, fans right. yeah they got they spoiled think. they got Got, got to be treated to a game seven of a Calder Cup finals where they were an o- overtime away from being champions. So, yeah, and, and they think that's going to happen all the time. And, <laughs> right, that, you know, yeah. sometimes that doesn't, and sometimes the players push a little too hard. But the other thing I'll say is <clears throat> they've lost a lot of, uh, a lot of players and, and they brought in a lot of talented players, but it's taking some time, I think. I don't think they'll admit it, but it's taking some time for them to gel together. And, I said that last night in the power play that when you look at their power play on paper with Shane Wright and uh, Max McCormick, Andrew Portolowski, uh, Cole Lynn, you just go down the list and you go, wow, on paper, these guys should be unstoppable. And, and they're starting to get closer well, to that well, unstoppable and, image. And they are, but there's also, and, and this is the nature of the AHL, we, we talk about it all the time, the disruption in a good way in some cases because it means some of these guys are getting opportunities with the Kraken. But because the Kraken have had to deal with, I think a lot of injuries, or they've dealt with something, you know, they're they're struggling right now up there. So there's players going up up and down uh, from there too, and obviously that's why um, we talked a lot about Lafontaine getting his first start of the season because Drieger was just called up, of course, to Cord, the form the former Firebird. Now he's but never as a mainstay with the uh, with the Kraken right now. So um, so yeah, so I think they've they've called up Podoroski has been called up before, but now so it's there's this. There's been some of that disruption too, in, in addition to when you're trying to get things going, but then you get. Uh, but again, every team kind of has to deal with that at times, or you know, some teams maybe not so much because there's more stability at the the bigger club level. You got right now Seattle, which's dealing with some things, and that makes disruptions there a little bit with with the Chella Valley. Okay, let's go to the aforementioned Jack Lafontaine making his first start for the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds. Here's Jack. Nice win. Nice, uh, nice debut. Thanks. How would you assess your own performance? Um, I mean, just 
position I'm in, it's uh, I'm kind of at the mercy of what happens for people above me. So sometimes it's hard to get into a rhythm as far as games. So um, you know, it took a lot of preparation going into this game. Um, I just felt like you know, just as soon as I got into a flow, I just let the script of the game take over and just uh, battle, battle for every save, battle on every shot. And, the end of the day, I wasn't, you know, worried too much on the result, just focusing on the process and giving the boys a chance to win. It's been quite some time since uh, you suited up. Uh, I think basically one AHL appearance in like the last calendar year somewhere. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's like a little bit in uh, December and January, and then not until April, and <laughs> here I am in, I guess, December. So, again, they're sporadic, and that's. I guess part of the challenge, but it's it's nice because every game it's uh, it's a new opportunity. It's something that um, you know helps me sharpen my sword and as a goalie become a, a better, well-rounded uh, goalie. With, with all the the off time, non-game time, I mean, how have you kept yourself sharp? Well, I mean, I, I have a great goalie coach here in Missoula. Uh, like he's unbelievable and. Uh, he's very inclusive in the fact that obviously we do drills on the ice, but he keeps you engaged as far as video off the ice, uh, keeping you um, dialed in as far as uh, pre-game preparation, like video on other teams, uh, PK, short uh, scoring opportunity uh, tendencies, so all that. Um, and at the end of the day, it's I mean it's great here because at the end of the day, all you got to do is put on your equipment and go. Everyone's preparing you on and off the ice, so it makes my job a lot easier. Uh, obviously, it was um, almost comical how quickly you had to make a great save in, in this game <laughs> when you're when you're uh, you know making it a debut for a team like this. Did that help you at all to have like a tough test early like that to get you right into the game? <laughs> yeah, I mean it was a rude awakening. <laughs> I wasn't really expecting that, but you know it's that's just a type of goalie I am. I just battle. You know what I mean? Just battle for every inch, and you know obviously uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to answer the bell there, but. As far as the rest of the game goes, um, I mean, like, we really shut it down. Like, I didn't really see any uh, direct shots. Like, again, their tendencies are a lot, like, low to high and pounded from the point with traffic. But, I mean, the boys were blocking it, and I don't think I really saw any direct shots within the slot, which, again, makes my job so easy. Um, so, yeah. So, I know, you, I know you were here for the uh, sort of training camp they had here before the season started. How valuable was that time, I guess, for you to be with your coaches here and, and some of the players? Well, it's great. I mean, like, being in Seattle and being in Coachella for training camp, it's, it's again, it's a great opportunity for me. Um, and obviously, like, at the end of the day, it is a tryout. Um, but I think more importantly, the way I look at it is it's just, like, you know, gearing my game and getting ready for the season. So just, like, feeling good about myself, feeling good about areas in my game, and then, you know, let the cards fall as they may, and then wherever I end up, just kind of go with that momentum. So, um, obviously, like, I spent time down in KC, and uh, training camp, again, geared me up for a, a nice start there, and obviously I've been called up. I think this is my fourth time now, so it's just, again, rolling with that momentum and holding on to it. And then I'm sure you've heard about, uh, you know, Hacker Arena and the crowd and stuff. What was it like to actually experience it as a player tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been on the bench for it, so, like, I, I knew, like, just, like, how crazy people are in the Valley, but, like, I, I've been, like, 
I mean, I've been in Chicago, like Syracuse. Um, I don't think I've had a fan base this enthusiastic about hockey. And it's kind of surprising being in the middle of a desert, but it's it's unbelievable like to just be a part of that and just be in that atmosphere. Jack, last year it was Joey Decord and the Joey Chance were starting. Uh, tonight they figured out your name very quickly. <laughs> what did it feel like to have uh, Jack Chance going on? Uh, I honestly didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it on replay, you'll hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't really like hear what's going on. I, I don't really see what's going on. I'm kind of in my own little bubble of focus. But, uh, you know, like I said earlier, these fans are great. Like, it's a real treat to you know, play for this team, play for this organization. Um, you know, again, like, you know, hopefully this is a stepping stone for us as a team to kind of get rolling at home because we've been great on the road, but I think these fans deserve a couple more before the break. All right, that's Jack LaFontaine. Anything that you heard that maybe uh, surprised you, Stephen? Well, I don't I don't know if it's surprising but he meant he says that he didn't really hear the the chance so, you know so, <laughs> he's lying to you he's lying <laughs> to you my friend he heard the chance <laughs> and and I, and I always find it interesting when and, and i not a bad question to ask i mean it's it's a good question to ask but when you know when they when they, somebody asks so how'd you you know this is first start obviously so it had more significance um you know how'd you how'd you how was your performance? How do you feel like you did? I always find that kind of interesting. Like, <laughs> how are they going to answer that? I mean, you know, I mean, it's kind of an interesting way because it's like you don't expect them to say, oh, I was fantastic. I thought I was really great. I did, you know, <laughs> that was the, the team know, let me down. You, you have to figure out a way to answer it to where you can kind of break it down. And I think they get, you know, I, and I think this is part of their when they have these camps and stuff, these development camps, I think they have a little training of how to answer questions. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Oh, they, without a doubt. Without <laughs> they a know doubt. how to answer questions and stuff. But but we, we talk a little bit about him. I've got some of his uh, his his prior years. So let's let's give a little history on LaFontaine. He's, he's, from, uh, he's from Ontario. He's from Mississauga, Ontario. And he... Uh, by the way, that's also the home of Randy Exelby, the owner at Behind the Mask. There you go. Who's a who's a partner with us on on these podcasts? So that's great. Um, so yes, and he's he played some college hockey at the uh, University of Michigan for a couple of years. Um, then he spent a season at. Oh the, no 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 no! You're gonna upset him greatly. Uh -oh. Minnesota. He played at Minnesota. Well, well, I'm getting there. Yes, he he did that. He did that. He did. He he ended up in Minnesota. But I'm looking at this. Uh, he had a couple seasons at University of Michigan, and then a season at Petition uh, V's, and then. Then yes, the last three seasons, 2021 season, twenty one twenty two season, University of Minnesota, where he was the captain, a goalie as a captain. That that's a little un it's unusual, but it does happen, I guess. At the at least at the college level, it can happen. Um, he's had a couple of games in the NHL, didn't go very well, but he's had a couple of games. But mostly been the AHL and the ECHL. Uh, last season, he spent thirty, primarily the season with uh, Orlando Solo Bears in the ECHL. And spent some games with the Syracuse Crunch this year. Obviously, he's he's played seven games with the Kansas City Mavericks, and obviously last uh, last night on Wednesday night made his uh, debut with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So he's, yeah, he's the interesting interesting backstory on him at Minnesota is when he came to Minnesota, he was uh, the number one goalie and the the guy that they thought was going to lead him to the promised land and nearly did for an NCAA championship. And then 
Um, there were some injuries, I believe, in Carolina who held his draft rights, and um, and he left. He left at the end of the season to go, and th- there was a lot of disappointment in Minnesota, a bunch. They really thought he was going to be around another year, and I uh, chose to turn pro, and it just hasn't really worked out for him yet. I, I wonder, uh, and one day I'll sit down with him and ask him this, but I wonder if he kind of wishes he had hung around at Minnesota for one more year and got a little more seasoning because he was promised a lot um, because of the injuries. I'm sure it was Carolina. And um, yeah. he came in at the end of the year in April, and then um, and then things didn't really materialize. He wasn't the player that they expected him to be, or he didn't perform like they wanted him to be. And um, he kind of fell out of grace. Now he's uh, getting a second chance. And you'll hear Dan Bilesma right now talk about Jack and uh, – some similarities he has to another uh, goaltender that well, uh, Dan said. Well, his, before, before he played, his best year was the 2021 season at the University of Minnesota where he had a 1.79 goals against average in 29 games. Uh, the following season, he had 20 games at the University of Minnesota, 2.69, so not too bad in 20 games. And then and then after that season ended, he ended up in Carolina, but had, ended up getting a couple of games in Carolina, but I won't even mention the goals against because it wasn't very good. Probably had to come in in a relief thing, probably, I would guess. It looks like he had one one start. But uh, then he then he spent with the Wolves and then Norfolk in the ECHL that year. And then, then like, let's see, last season uh, he was between Syracuse and Orlando, mostly in Orlando, 3.49. So, yeah, you mentioned the kind of the struggles there a little bit, trying to find his, his game since he's gone pro. Uh, but uh, with the uh, – Kansas City so far this season, he's at a 2.41, so it's not terrible. You want maybe a little bit, you know, it's, a, it's not too bad for seven seven games. Um, 9.08 save percentage, and yeah, and then, two, and then of course, last night was his first. He's got a win there last night, so good good for him. And it looks like he may be the goaltender uh, for a period of time in Coachella Valley with the injury situation. Who's their other goaltender? Uh, who's their other goaltender right now? In- Stez. We just go by Stez. Oh, Stez. You're on, you're, you're, like, you're, you're on that kind of basis with him? <laughs> well, that came from Coach. Uh, you'll hear from Coach here in just I, a minute. But before you play Coach, it's always like 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 if you're a reporter and, and you're around the team every day and you know the players and, and you're in the room and everything and at the NHL level, and you get to know the nicknames. But let's say you're a guy coming in on the, and you ask these coaches and stuff, and, and I get that they get in that mode. But And Cassie does this like it. They – they use their nicknames, and I'm like, "Who's they talking about?" <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like they're talking about, this, and, and, and it happens at the ACHA too. Like Chad Berman, I'm talking to him. He's like talking, like he's saying the guys as their nickname. Like who? And then who? They, who's he talking about? I don't know. I'm not around the team every day. I don't know the, all the nicknames. You're the nickname. Yeah. I don't. I I, I, I I try to learn the nicknames, but I I don't want getting that habit of just calling everybody by their nickname. It doesn't. It sounds kind of. Kind of be kind of goofy if if, if somebody yeah, covers well, the team. Paul Horns, Paul Horns, I know. Would appreciate you then because he hates it when I do that. <laughs> but like uh, us, we came up with our own with our own nicknames sometimes, like Wolf of Calgary and all those other things. But that, those are kind of fun to do. But but you know, so it's kind of. Anyways, I I thought that was uh, now you got to play coach here and uh, Bisman. It just always it just that's a thought just popped in my well, head. Well, you'll about you'll hear nicknames. from you'll hear a few <laughs> things from Dan because he's uh. Every win or lose, he's always a great interview. But when he wins, he's on a different level, and you kind of got to hang with him because uh, he'll throw you for some loops. You'll hear me chuckle multiple times during these these interviews. But did, here we go, did, Coach Dan Biles. And, and and the question is, and and you will play. People can listen to 
did you make him uh, laugh or chuckle? Always. Always. <laughs> he always gives me a big smile when he sees me in the room. So here we go. Great shirt. He commented on somebody's Coach, shirt. Uh, by the way. Winning is a win, but uh, have you ever seen one end like this on the power play I'm talking about? It was a, uh, it was a little, a little frantic, I would say, at the end. Um, with the, the different calls and power play, getting to five on three, three minute major <laughs> on the clock, and uh, yeah, into overtime, four on three. It. Uh, it was uh yeah it was it was it was i would say frantic <laughs> um you know even with uh even with our execution and the plays on the power play it was a little frantic and um finally the puck lands into Ponzi's hand and it's not the greatest uh, angle it's not the greatest spot um but it's one he can score from when you fall behind and all of a sudden Max takes over and gets that, that game-tying goal, uh, any doubt in that? Because he looked like he was a man on a mission tonight. I, yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I thought the first period was was, uh, was a pretty good period from us. Um, maybe derailed a little bit by the power plays we, we had in the first period, but uh, played a really good first period, I thought. The second kind of went went the other way, and largely around you know a lot of those power plays, and, and they scored a power play goal. Um, but we're going into the third with a you know a two-two game and, and uh, a game you can rescue, so to speak. And uh, they get the power, they get the goal to go up, and you know now the game's in jeopardy, and you need someone to step up, you need someone to make a big play, and, and we got it. We got it on the wall. Like that play, if you go back to the far blue line, it's a wall play. Bell wins a puck, and Lindy comes and skates through the hands and wins a puck and gets it over to Max, who's coming off the bench and, and got a ton of speed, puts it in the back of the net. Gives us hope. Gives us hope and got us back 3-3. And, and uh, then, then the, the chaos ensues. <laughs> Jack gets to start tonight, and uh, I thought he performed pretty well. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought he played very well. I thought he played very well and played the puck really well. Kind of saw some shades of maybe <laughs> a different number out there playing the puck, and uh, really good on that. Um, and you know, I thought he was. I thought he was really solid in the game. Uh, made a number of big saves. Um, stood tall in there and some flurries and some action. They had some ozone time and had some pucks from the point. Um, there was some flurries there, but I, I, we we got him into the game in the first 10 seconds. Made an outstanding <laughs> save. And whether I like to think it or not, I thought it was a great to, to see him make that save and the guys see him make that save for us. And that was 10 seconds into the match. Good to see him get the win. How would you describe his skill set, what do you see as some of his strengths? Obviously, don't know his game that well. How do you see it? Yeah, I, um, you know, 
he's had a he's had a lot of success at different times in his career, and I you know he's kind of I I referenced kind of how he plays the puck and maybe he had some similarities to someone else. I would say the same thing, the same about about uh, him and that. I at times tonight, you know, he's, he's athletic. He's a not a big stature goalie by any means, but uh, like he was really, really solid in that, really positionally sound and, and acrobatic, acrobatic enough to make the big save, which he did a couple of times. There's a number, there's a couple other saves that were uh, really impressive, and it was due to his athletic ability. Yeah. Do you think that he, when he came in here, his real enthusiasm? Did say boyish and Can we say boyish and Yes, yeah, that's the first time I, I, I ever chatted with him, but. Is for the opportunity tonight, for his performance, for the win. I mean, do you think that he knows? He's obviously a pro, but he's in he's in a big spot. He's got a great team in front of him. He's got a lot of fans watching him, and he is seemingly the starting goalie for the Firebirds for the foreseeable future. I, you know what? I, I uh, you know, given our goalie situation with starting the season with Riggs uh, and Stez. Uh, Laffer's been around uh, quite a bit, and he is, um, what did you say? Boyish enthusiasm? <laughs> a part of the team. <laughs> yes. He's got some He's got some flair, he's got some energy, and he displays it all the time. And uh, kind of how he plays as well, and uh, that's a good thing. And, and, you know, he hasn't, he's been up, up and down a few times, um, Hasn't got an opportunity to, to be in, to be to have the fans see him in the, in the game, but he's been. Uh, I, I feel like he's been around all the time, and uh, he's been a big big part of it throughout the whole time. And now he's going to get a chance to potentially run with it. He was there for the training camp that you guys had. had. How valuable do you think that time was for him to get to know the U.S. coaches and show, show you something? Good, good for everybody. Good for everybody. Like that, you know, he, he's he's been a part of it, and he's been, you know, he's extremely hard worker in practice. He's, you know, he's what he did tonight is what he's been doing in, in practice you know, from the start of training camp. And he's had a couple of ups and downs, but uh, um, that that uh, what did you say?
from Max and then the power play uh, in overtime and finally gave the fans what they deserve. Yeah, you, you've always said you've uh, given the fans a lot of different types of games. <laughs> a five on three overtime is very different. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure I've, I've seen one before. Yeah, that's one. But it was, it was, you know, it was, it was uh, fairly chaotic at the end, <laughs> just trying to figure out the penalties that were yeah. getting called, what they meant. If we're going into overtime and have it be, you know, four on three. There was some other scenarios that could have played out there that we're trying to figure out. And, um, was it was three on one? Uh, no, <laughs> was not, I knew that was not good. But, uh, that would be interesting. Uh, would have made it even more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you talk a little bit on the injury at all? To, to the player, to the uh, right there as the penalty consisted. <laughs> What are you asking me to elaborate on? The, 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 the injury, is it a, is he okay? I think he's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, he has a big bruise right now and a big cut. Um, I don't know if there's any structural damage to, to the stick being brought to his face. Okay, there you go. Dan Biles, my... Um, I think you could tell some of these some of these uh, these reporters asking the questions don't uh, don't follow hockey regularly, or they <laughs> yeah yeah you think um, anyway asking to elaborate on uh, that like <laughs> boy he was in a good mood last <laughs> on yeah last I told night. you um, he he did not want to say the uh, phrase boyish enthusiasm he's a part of our team <laughs> uh, he is one of a kind love that guy. Uh, you should anyway, post that full. Uh, you should post that full video on uh, on Instagram on our Instagram page. So yeah, I'm gonna do that. I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. <laughs> no, that's uh, fine. We, want, we wanted people here on this show first, so it's kind of an exclusive, you know. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, that way we can see the video version of it because it's you know sometimes you, you get to see facial expression, you know, stuff like that. Oh yeah, so, yeah. You you want to see those? So, so that's that's critical. So that'll be. So hopefully that'll be. You can get that up on our Pro Hockey West Report Instagram page. <laughs> All right, let's take another quick break. Let's come back and let's talk uh, a little bit about the rest of the AHL uh, Pacific Division and the NHL. Let's check up on uh, the team that you're embedded with, the Vegas Golden Knights, and uh, how they continue to uh, impress the NHL brass. Here we go. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our Best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us. For all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. 
Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. ITHSW Podcasts, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Palm Springs, California. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that beautiful, vibrant championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, we uh, we tied into uh, a really good hockey game last night uh, in the American Hockey League. There's been more. What have you seen over the, uh, the start of the season, the first 20 games plus if you will. Well, I think we last week we kind of talked about every team and where they are and everything. I think just kind of what we and we just say every week it seems like it can it can change and we talked about Henderson kind of struggling a little bit. They were having some offensive issues and everything, but it seems like now, at least for the last couple of games, they've have turned it around. They split with San Jose last weekend in San Jose and then they won on Wednesday night, last night, um, in Ontario in overtime. So um, they're starting to get some more of their pieces back. They're getting some some of their goaltending back. Isaiah Seville, who's a really great goaltender. He's been since he's come out of college, uh, out of uh, playing playing there at Omaha. And then uh, and then coming into the, the league and his getting when he's had opportunities to play at the AHL level, he's been great. And going into this season, he would have been the – probably the number two guy behind Patera, but he had an injury and didn't wasn't in camp. He didn't hadn't played at all uh, this season up until Saturday. He finally was was cleared to play and was great in in that uh, behind, uh, you know, in the net there and and was great at the other night, too. So, uh, you know, because it had been Papirini the last few, few starts since Patera was called up. To the Golden Knights to back up uh, Logan Thompson while Aiden Hill was getting over an injury, but it seems like that's kind of coming to an end as Aiden Hill looks like he'll be back soon. So then Patera will be back down in Henderson. So um, you know, again, that's the nature of the AHL. So yeah, so a couple of good strong starts for for Seville and and the Silver Knights getting a couple of big big wins over that. Um, I, I saw this too. That I mean, so yeah, you look at that and then we look at the latest standings and we can kind of use that to kind of base to what we talk about. But uh, I mean, the Calgary Wranglers are looking very good still. They're three zero and one, even with Wolf now at the NHL level for the time being. And we could talk about that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. With uh, with Dustin Wolf getting some opportunities to play at the NHL level, um, they're holding their own, aren't they? Well, yeah. I mean, they've still got Oscar Dansk in that uh, as a, as an option in in Calgary, and he's very capable. Uh, he's when he's when he's gotten starts, he's he's very good too which is part of the success of why Calgary had a really good season last year and even the season before that. And, and uh, they have some good talent in, on the, on the, in the forwards and in the goal scores and defensemen and stuff, but they've had strong goaltending and that's been a key key to the success for them, but they still have Oscar dance there and, and uh, he's, he's a good goaltender and, and Wolf will be up for a while. And, and now he's getting an opportunity while uh, they're, they're dealing with that. So when um, we look at that, I mean, uh, Tucson, you know, one and zero on their last. They're on a streak right now. But Abbotsford now has lost a couple of games. They're o two and one, including the game that you saw the last last night. There, they're o two and one because uh, Coachella Valley's been, I guess, played them the th- last three times and have beaten them. As so, as down Dasma touched on that, they went up there to 
Abbotsford won both games, and then they've won at home against Abbotsford. So all of a sudden now Abbotsford's dropped to fourth. Coachella Valley's won five in a, five in a row. Well, or they've won four in a row. They're four zero and one in their last five. So they've moved up. Henderson's you know hanging on, and even San Diego's three and zero. They've moved up a couple of spots, and then so and Bakersfield's lost. So I mean, <laughs> it just every week we could do this, and it's gonna be different because the division is so tight, and yet we talked about. Some teams have played only 18 games, like Bakersfield still only has played 18 games, and then you've got a team like Ontario, 24 games. Henderson's played the most at 25 games, so, I mean, there's still quite a bit of things to go. But um, next week we could do the same thing, and and uh, let's say Colorado has a perfect week. They go 3-0. They might they, – because you're playing other teams within the division mostly, so they'll probably can move. And it's so tight. I mean, again, Calgary at 34 – points they're at the top so there's a little bit of separation but not much because ontario is right behind them with th- at three points although there's a couple of they've played a couple more games there but um and then yeah and then tucson's at 28 points uh abbotsford's at 28 points uh, coachella valley 27 points with one fewer game played henderson's at 27 but they've played more games so there's a little bit there but uh colorado's only played tw- has played 23 games and they're at 25 points so they're uh you know so it's it's even san diego you know and then there's a little bit of separation between but bakersfield May, right now, they may be only at 17 points, but they've only played 18 games. If they were to make up those games, that's eight. Let's say they they're at 18 points games played right now. If they win, they're four points less than Tucson or Abbotsford. So let's say they win all four of those games. That's eight points. They're all of a sudden now at 25 points. They're right in the mix of everything. So I, I think it's it's going to continue to be like this. You might see like last year. I remember as we got towards the end of the season, it was kind of like three sections of the standings. It was. You had kind of Coachella Valley and Calgary were kind of the, the top-tier teams. They were the one and two seed. They were kind of making that battle of who was going to be one and who was going to be two, and there wasn't really anybody that was challenging that. And then you had like three through three through six, really, or even three through seven really was tight, but maybe three through six had its own little pot. And then you had the seventh spot, which is the last playoff spot, and then a couple of teams fighting for that. So it was kind of like three sections. I think it probably wound up being that. There'll be a couple of teams that will kind of start to pull away a little bit, or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll be kind of this tight all year long but um but then the middle sections will be kind of uh will be kind of close all year i think that's just the nature of how this division is and uh it'll be a lot of close games as 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 we expect and and there's so much ebb and flow in a season that two weeks from now when we talk about this again we'll keep talk about another team being up towards the top and another team has moved down for three spots so well one one of those teams i think steven and we were talking about this around the uh the the press room last night um the uh the ontario rain seemed to be really stable and playing really well this year and a lot of that's got to do with the uh the health of the la kings the kings just haven't had to take anybody from that roster and they're getting great goaltending from uh eric portillo and uh when your guys are staying together at the ahl level that tends to produce and uh you know ontario right now is showing showing their strength yeah i mean they are they they are a very good team they did lose last night to the silver Knights, so again it just shows you that it can you know in overtime so it just shows you that it can what how it can go on a week-to-week basis but yeah ontario had been has six three and one in their last 10 games so they they are starting to to figure it out and, and a team that i think is going to it seems like is right in the mix and consistent right now doing pretty well is tucson tucson's i think the team that is is if you want to look at teams that are most improved right now 
it seems like Tucson's uh, would be the the top team for that. Although Ontario has certainly has really improved too from where they are, but uh, but I think last year they were they were good and then they kind of dropped off towards the end of the season. But uh, Tucson is was kind of a team that was kind of in the lower half almost the whole year. But this year they they seem to be in that top half and and uh, I think they're going to be that that way the the whole season. Well, and the other thing that uh, that I'm seeing throughout the AHL Pacific Division is really solid goaltending. I mean, uh, even the teams that are having to move guys around for whatever reason, yeah. uh, whether it be injuries or just call-ups or whatever, um, the, the depth of goaltending seems to be really good. If you look at the top five or six teams in the Pacific Division, it, it's goaltending. It's goaltending is where they're at. Well, let's yeah, Calgary, check that box. Goaltending, yes, with Wolf or in this case now Dansk, and yes, check that box. Ontario, we mentioned, just mentioned them. Their goaltenders right now, check and uh, Tucson. You can say the the same about that. Abbotsford has some good goals. Silva, Silvas, and and that is 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 good most nights. Uh, Coachella Valley, you know, is the one that, but Lafontaine made, made his, you know, his debut last night, so uh, he was okay, he was decent. But that would be the one. I mean, that's maybe out of those those five that. Would be the question mark, but even but but Coachella Valley is so good in other areas that they maybe can make up for that. Even number six Henderson is their goaltending hasn't been top notch, but now that they have Seville back and they're going to get Patera back, you know they they get that that back. Yeah, I mean the top six they're they're you know certainly the top four and then even the five and six right now, um you you can make a case that they're they're going to be they're going to be okay there too. But yeah, you're you're certainly right on that with with the top five there. Okay, so so let's play devil's advocate here. It's way too early to start talking about playoffs, but um, is the Pacific Division going to have the, the team that, or is a team from the Pacific Division going to represent the Western Conference? Well, is there I, a team that's able to do that? I, I think so. I think it's, it's, it's certainly possible. I mean, I'm looking at some of these, uh, the, the Central Division teams right now, uh, the team that's doing really well there right now is is Texas at thirty one points, uh, but other I mean Milwaukee's is towards the top, but other but really the other teams in that division other than those two, um, Iowa, Rockford, Manitoba, Griff, Grand Rapids, and Chicago are all at five hundred or below. So they're only the two teams right now that are in the mix. I mean right now I mean th- more those some of those teams will be in, but the teams right now that if you base it off record-wise, that have the, the chance to contend for a Western Conference title, you just look at based on record-wise, is Texas, um, which has won 8-2 eight, eight and two in their last 10 games, so they're the, probably the hottest team. And then uh, Milwaukee, which uh, I'll get to see this year because uh, Milwaukee and Silver Knights will match up this year and we'll have a series here in Henderson and have a series in Milwaukee. So so that'll be fun. Texas has played some Pacific Division teams this year, so um, so there's, there's already some of that, um, which – will be helpful if, if that's a, a, one of those teams do end up being that team that represents in the Western Conference Final. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think with the teams that – I think the Pacific Division is just so strong. I mean, I mean, seven of the ten teams in the Pacific Division right now have a record of 500 – or a record better than 500. So that's pretty good, I would say. I but would yeah, say you're I, correct. I, I would yeah. say it's, it's a very – if if I was a betting person and there was odds on this, I would say the odds would be more in favor of the Western Conference team be, uh, being being from the Pacific Division that would end up representing the Western Conference in the 
Calder Cup final. So hopefully you're ready for another run into into June, or maybe I will, depending on which which team it is and how how things go in the NHL level. But uh, we'll see. Well, we'll see, how, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe we need to dig into the Caesar Sportsbook and find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go, Caesar Sportsbook. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Plug for uh, for Caesars there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, um, so when you look around, uh, that that's a really good look at the Pacific Division of the AHL. But the NHL team that you're embedded with, the Vegas Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champions, just keep pouring it on. I mean, there was a time there, Steve, where it looked like they may never lose. Yeah, and and it's kind of it's kind of. There was a time, yeah. They started the season eleven zero and one. Um, it, it didn't seem the only the only uh, loss that, that that first part of the season was that overtime loss to to Bedard and the Blackhawks here in uh, in Vegas. But <laughs> they started the season eleven zero and one. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah, they lose to the Blackhawks in Vegas. Anyway. Yeah, but it's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, but uh, Bedard's starting well, and that 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 could be another show we could do about how the uh, how the uh, draft prospects are doing because they've. They've all seemed to be doing pretty good in their uh, their homes uh, with Leo Carlson and Fantelli's doing pretty well in Columbus from what it appears and and uh, and certainly uh, Bedard's doing well in Chicago uh, overall. I mean the, you know, the team's kind of struggling, but but he seems like he sh- he has his moments and is is I think he had a goal the other night in Edmonton and people were like impressed by that. Like you know it was it was Connor versus Connor. It was uh, quite a matchup. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no Vegas off to a really great start. Uh yeah, it doesn't. It did seem like for a while they weren't going. So then they had a little bit of a. But it was weird. But that first stretch of the season, you you would hear the players, you would hear Cassidy talk, and they were they were getting the the wins, but they weren't maybe playing their best. I mean, which was understandable. I mean, they had the long run, they won the cup, and everything, but they were still getting wins. So it, it seemed like they weren't quite happy with where their game was at, even though they were getting escaping with wins in some of these those games early in part of the season. Well, then you got to the stretch where they kind of struggled a little bit. If you want to call it that, I mean, they were about five hundred or or so, and and uh, and and you know, and they when they went on a road trip, got shut out a couple of times. They had a little bit of issues with with some uh, the offense went a little dry for a, a bit there, and but yet they were they were, they almost were like playing better. They were happier with the way they were playing, but they just weren't couldn't get that goal to go in, and they were getting some good goaltending from the other team, and and they weren't getting the results. So then you look at this stretch now, and it seems like they're playing pretty pretty good although the last couple of games they've had to take it they've had to go to overtime and you know, they've had leads and then they've the goalie pulled the, the other team would end up tying it up and had to go to overtime a couple of times the last two games but they've had a really busy stretch of games it, it's been a it, it's for a defending chance much of the hockey they played in the june and then the short off season and then which is great and then the the start of the season they've played one of the most games uh in the in the in the league right now i think one one of the t- two teams that have played the most games so it's been pretty grueling and this last three weeks or so, they've had a lot of road games. They've went on a five-game trip. They had the trip to the White House. They had the five-game road trip. Then they come home for one game against the Coyotes. Then they had to go back out on the road for three more. Um, and then they came home for a couple. Then they went back on the father's trip. I think that was the turnaround, the father's trip, which was a turnaround for them last year. They do they do well on the father's trip in St. Louis and Dallas. And then now they're home for four games here. But then they're going to go back out on the road next week before Christmas for three games, including Carolina and the two Florida teams. So – a busy stretch, but what what's on the back end of that? They're going to have the schedule after Christmas, and then the second part of the season, there'll be some gaps there where they won't play for a few days, and and that'll feel nice. So, um, the, the fact that they're thirty five and five, with all that being said, is is pretty impressive. Absolutely, and uh, 
You know, I mean, that the casualties in coaching um, started again. Uh, Craig Berube uh, released from his duties with St. Louis. Still think that was a little bit premature, but, you know, who am I? I'm not writing this check, so. Um, it's, but anyway. Yeah, it's, that's an, it's that's one of those an, things where you, you got to win. You just have yeah. to win. And it just shows you it's a what what have you done for me lately league. I mean, and the, the, the Blues won the Cup in 2019, and here in 2023, Four years later, so a lot of those guys aren't on the team anymore, and that just shows you in this in this era of salary cap and how much the teams change over, which is another impressive thing about Vegas, at least this season, that almost the entire team is back, uh, minus Riley Smith, of course, but the entire team from the Cup Championship is, is they were able to bring bring back. So that that's an impressive thing. But yeah, I mean, 2019 they win the Cup, and now in 2023 they they um, Craig Berube's let go, but not everybody's happy with that. Some of the fans are not happy about it. They they loved Berube and. And was great, but you know, Barupi came in as an interim hire at that time. You know, in that that season, you know, he comes in. I think that the Blues weren't doing that well. They decided to make the change. They Barupi comes in there, and and we know what happened from that on. And Bennington, the Gloria thing, and everything, and they end up winning the the cup. So now they bring in this this guy, bringing him up for the AHL. Here's the AHL connection. They bring him up from their AHL uh, affiliate from Springfield, and. And uh, he's he's going to lead the team now for the time being. So, uh, and sometimes that sparks a team. Okay, you know that's uh, although there's been some interesting uh, comments, I guess, by one of the players uh, tonight about about that and about the decisions what they what they've made. But um, but yeah, I think sometimes that can fire up a team, and um, we see it in other sports too, where where coach which changes. I mean, it just it shouldn't come to that because it's a it's a team game. But you know, sometimes it it's kind of the kick in the kicking the pants that yeah. the team needs to can't replace, can't I mean, replace look, the whole team, but you can replace the coach. I mean, look at here in <laughs> Vegas. I mean, yes, we're, we're, this is the city of the Stanley cup champions. And maybe this is a part of the saga, but this is what the, the seventh season of <laughs> we, we're on a third coach here in Vegas. I mean, <laughs> you talk about a team that was, they're not afraid to make that move. Uh, we started with Gallant and then they fired him two and a half years into the season or into the, their history, the halfway into the third season. And they were they were they were doing okay, but they weren't doing well. They had they were kind of struggling, and they were kind of like, but they made the change, and then they went with with DeBoer, and then they end up, you know, doing, and then they make the change after the first time they missed the playoffs in their history, and then they go with Cassie, and look at Cassie brings them a cup. So you you never know. I mean, people questioned the Vegas decisions at that time, and especially with with Galan, and he was popular the first year, getting them to the Cup final and all that stuff, Coach of the Year and everything, and and then of course a couple. So a season and a half later, he's he wasn't the coach anymore. So it it just shows you how how the coaching jobs in the NHL, um, which is why a te- person like uh, Cooper, and uh, there's some other coaches that have been around a bit. But you look at the coaches around the NHL, a lot of them have not been with their team for that long. Maybe a couple of years, some maybe a little bit longer. But a, a lot of changes happened at the NHL level. Absolutely. Well, no better way to end it than that. So let's uh, let's say good night. I know, and, and, and two other notes. I know we're, we're running long, but uh, we mentioned Dustin Wolf was was okay. Um, the other thing was this is the season. This is December, so a lot of teams in the AHL do their teddy bear tosses. So you'll see a lot of teams do that. Colorado Eagles had theirs uh, the other night. Uh, I believe they they had a, a lot of bears. I think nine nine thousand nine thousand. Yep. I sent you that. So that was that was great to see. Hendersons will have theirs. Uh, they call theirs the Lucky Launch after Lucky the mascot. They do a, a they call theirs the Lucky Launch, and they're going to do theirs next Wednesday here uh, in Henderson when they take on the Firebirds. 
uh, other teams will be doing there. So that's always cool to see. I, I love that this time of year, and those always go to charity, and they always go to different causes. Um, you know, they give them to kids and stuff, so they have stuff for the Christmas season and everything. So that's always cool about what what the mind what this level is about with being able to do those sort of promotions. But that's always a real popular one this time of year. So we're starting to see those, and we'll see more of those from the different teams in the division uh, over the next couple of weeks here, leading up to Christmas. All right. Good stuff. Take it away, my friend. This has been the Pro Hockey West Report brought to you by Jets Pizza with over 400 locations in 21 states. Find the location near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Become a Caesars Rewards member and get the most out of every stay at Caesars Resort. By Toyota. Support the dealers that support hockey in your community for your next car. Desert Toyota in Tucson. Peterson Toyota in Fort Collins, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, and Finley Toyota in Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Cater your next party or office lunch with the best of Las Vegas barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. T-Mobile. Get a new iPhone 14 on us. Uh, go to T-Mobile.com to find out how. FedEx, the official delivery company, IcetimeHockeyWest.com. The Pro Hockey West Report and all of Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and is available at all your favorite podcast platforms. Search ITHSW Podcast, all one word. Subscribe, rate, and review the shows. Help others find us. The Pro Hockey West Report is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. So got some more games this weekend. I'll be here in Vegas where I'm always at, it <laughs> seems like. I never go anywhere. Uh, uh, Friday, uh, Friday, Buffalo comes in, and then Sunday, Ottawa is here, so I'll have a couple of those. Uh, but AHL games, uh, you, you might be hitting some, right? You're still in California there, so you, you, your eye may be potentially Coachella Valley again. Uh, Coachella Valley, Bakersfield on Saturday, and Colorado and Bakersfield or and uh, Coachella Valley on Sunday. If not, you have the option of if you're gonna if it maybe end up in, in San Diego, you could also uh, San Diego host Henderson uh, on Saturday, so that's an option for you. You can hit that game. Uh, if, if if you're in, you if, got all kinds of work for me, I like it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying if you're if, if you end up in. If you end up near San Diego, which is not a bad place to end up, uh, you have an option there. If you stay, if you stay in Palm Desert uh, where you are now, Palm Springs, and you have uh, you have the games there. So you you've got all the I I put in all the when you're doing your NCAA, I just, so now I get to lay back a little bit, just enjoy a couple of NHL games, and then you get you get to do the uh, we we got to keep you working, Scott. We got to keep you working. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Now our thanks to uh, everybody at Coachella Valley for their help in putting together the first part of the show tonight. And uh, Stephen, we will uh, talk to you next Wednesday night for another American Collegiate Hockey Top yes, Twenty we, podcast we, we on will. Thursday for Pro Hockey West Report. I know we can't wait for it. It'll be another uh, another exciting week. All right. Good night, everybody.